Hi, everybody. My name is Rafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. Before we continue, let me tell you a bit about Squarespace. I've been using it for both my corporate and my professional websites, and it's made a world of difference for my business. First of all, it saves me a lot of time because their web designing platform is so easy to use. I don't have to figure things out. I just add different elements to a page, check if it looks pretty, and publish it. I can move things around quickly and adjust my homepage as needed, so I can let you know about my upcoming classes, webinars, and speaking events. I've added different sections to the menu too, as my content has started to grow, and everything is organized perfectly. Besides, Squarespace allows me to see what each page will look like in different formats, whether people are visiting my website on a computer, tablet, or smartphone. That way, I can make sure nothing looks clunky and everyone can get the information they need in a visually pleasant way. I can also check out some behind-the-scenes information to confirm that my outreach efforts are working. I can see where the traffic to my website is coming from, what keywords visitors used on Google searches to get to my content, and where in the world my audience is located, which is perfect when I want to explore some opportunities with translation clients in different markets. If you don't have a professional website yet, or if your current setup has let you down, I know for a fact that Squarespace is exactly what you need to recreate your business image and your brand so clients can find you. To give Squarespace a try and get 10% off your hosting plan, go to this webpage, bit.ly slash t3 dash Squarespace. That way, they'll know that you've heard about them here at Translation Confessional. Once again, the webpage is bit.ly slash t3 dash s-q-u-a-r-e-s-p-a-c-e. Hope you like it. Translators are not starving artists. In May this year, I engaged in a bit of a twitversation with Joyce Carol Oates, the celebrated American author of novels, plays, novellas, short stories, poetry, and nonfiction. She's very active on Twitter, and I often see her tweets when I'm on the website or the app. One of her tweets caught my attention that fateful day. She said, Translators of my acquaintance work very hard for very modest fees. Often they are poets and writers who translate on the side. Often their work is totally ignored, as if translation were not an art. No doubt some fear being replaced by machines in the near future. Okay, if you're a translator, I bet you're familiar with a quote attributed to Arl Lomel, a senior analyst with Common Sense Advisory. 
Machine translation will displace only those humans who translate like machines. I won't address machine translation today, but I'll leave a couple of links in this episode's description if you'd like to read more about human translators being replaced by computers. Joyce Carol Oates followed her original tweet with another one, and that's when I decided to engage her. Here's what she said. It's an art and a craft that few can do well. And it's not done for financial reasons, but rather out of love. Very sad now if translators are judged not by their work, but by their identity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I tried to understand the context in which she wrote those two tweets. It was the controversy surrounding Amanda Gorman, the American poet and activist who performed The Hill We Climb in the presidential inauguration of Joe Biden. Because Gorman is an African-American, there has been some debate on who could translate her work, especially into Dutch and Catalan. The translators who were attached to the project were white and either decided to quit the assignment or were let go by the publisher. I'm leaving some more recommended reading on that if you happen to miss it when it hit the fan a few months ago. So what really rubbed me the wrong way was the not for financial reasons, but rather out of love comment. That's a very dangerous statement, as if translators shouldn't be paid for their work because we translate as a hobby, because we're passionate about something, because we love the arts. Here's my reply to Joyce Carol Oates. Agree, but it is done for financial reasons too. That's my profession, my occupation, a career path I've chosen. I've been a translator for 24 years and translation is the sole income in our household of four. My husband is my business partner, smiley face. In other words, we're not starving artists or doing it on the side. Most of us are full-time translators. That's all we do. It's dangerous to characterize us and all creatives and freelancers as people who do it out of love. It's an occupation. It's what pays the bills. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm sure you've heard that Audible is the leading library for audiobooks, right? 
But have you given it a try yet? There are literally hundreds of thousands of titles you can choose from, and you'll be saving tons of money if you sign up for a premium account. For $14.99 a month, you get one credit to download any book you want, whose price tag is usually around 20 bucks or so. Right there, you'd be saving money and keeping up with your book addiction at the same time. They have books in different languages too, and some classics are for free, so you don't have to apply your monthly credit to it. You just download the audiobook and enjoy it. And that goes without saying that they have some exclusive content read by incredible actors. So if you close your eyes, it really feels like you're at a theater listening to a play on stage. On top of that, you can also check out the latest trending podcasts. And yes, you can listen to Translation Confessional on Audible too. If you're not yet sure whether Audible is right for you, I dare you to give it a try. Get a 30-day trial and enjoy your first book for free. But I bet you'll get hooked on it and add audiobooks to your routine. Make sure you use the link in this episode's description so they'll know Translation Confessional sent you their way. Then come back to me and let me know what books you're listening to. I hope you enjoy it. After my second reply, Joyce Carol Oates got back to me. Thank you for this correction. I do know one or two full-time translators, but most of my translator friends are professors, writers, poets. We are all dependent upon translators whose skills is to seem transparent. Ironic now that emphasis is placed on cultural identity. I agreed with her one more time and went a little further. Yes, that's the context I had in my head. Many professors of literature, for example, will dedicate their summer vacations to engaging in literary translation, which is wonderful. But most of us cannot rely on conventional employment and translate on the side. As for the controversy at hand, I agree, it's not a black and white issue. Men have translated women authors for ages, for example. It should be more about qualifications rather than identity alignment although it could be beneficial when giving voice to identity literature. I guess it's the same debate we see with authors who write about something foreign to their life experience. For example, white authors writing about the black or Latino experience. I don't have an answer, but I believe there should be a healthy debate on identity and representation. I then decided to expand on it by retweeting her original message and starting a Twitter chain of my own to make it clear that, yes, we love what we do, but it's harmful to propagate this idea of translators as tortured souls who strive to find the perfect word, as starving artists dedicated to their artsy craft, as intellectuals sitting at a cafe and translating one page a day. Here's my Twitter chain. Most of us are full-time translators and must work long hours to make a decent income because of uninformed clients who think all we do is press a button. 
A smaller group has found decent clients who pay well for highly skilled work that demanded years of education. In general, we shouldn't be worried about being replaced, because not all translations are suitable for automatic translations. Some very technical material highly benefits from machine translations, but humans are still essential to make sure the final product is not flawed. Creative work, books, audiovisual, marketing materials, require human translation because machines don't have a gut feeling and can't contextualize information to better suit the target audience. In other words, machines would render this work unnatural in the target language. We make language-related decisions every second, thinking about the target audience while keeping the author's original message in mind. We must keep the same register, tone, make the text accessible, reflect on biased language, and decide on foreignization versus domestication. We are authors of the translated version. If the original material took days, weeks, months, years to be crafted, the translated version cannot be created overnight. Once again, we're not button pushers. We've invested years into our education and constantly improve ourselves. In conclusion, we must live in two or more different languages and cultures to bridge the communication gap and make sure that the original message comes through the way it was intended. I then pointed whoever was interested in this topic to listen to Season 1, Episode 37, Translating into Your Second Language, when I talked about the fact that we must keep one foot on our source language and culture and the other foot on the target language and culture. All in all, I just wanted to bring up the fact that we, translators, interpreters, language professionals, must constantly educate the public about what it is that we do. While we try to remain invisible in our work, giving visibility to our profession is crucial to improve the work standards for all of us. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.